Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Do you remember where you were when we elected a Sasquatch president? How about when you learned Ben Franklin was a robot? Or first heard Stalin's mixtape? I'm Zach Powers. I'm Brian Flynn, and we host The Revisionists. Each episode, one person explains real history and another tells an alternate version. And the winner becomes the truth. We let comics from Denver and around the country run wild through history. It's an in-depth look at history, but with more Babadooks. Check out The Revisionists, available every other Saturday. Wherever you get podcasts and at revisionistpodcast.com. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Brian. No, that's this is my announcer voice, and you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Should I do this as my real self? Oh, shucky darn. Hi, this is Brian Cummings. You're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Okay, do it straight. Hi, this is Brian Cummings, and actually you are listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Send money and real estate. This is Real Nerds Podcast. He's looking at me waiting for me to screw him up. Unofficially the official podcast of Denver Pop Culture Con. I am Ryan. With me is Brad and Zach. And every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world, except this movie is two weeks old. This week is show is featuring Missing Link. Yep. Stay new- tuned to the end of the show. We will play the trailer and then t- I'll tell you if you see it, play the trailer and then spoil a kid's movie. Um, <laughs> and we'll talk about it. I guess there's some shocking things in it. Yeah, there's some twists and yeah, turns. It's a good one. Adults can enjoy it too on a Pixar yeah. level. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Um spoilers for our review. Um we also talk about movies that are coming out, movies we've been watching and movie news. Is this going to go up before Monday? Yeah. Maybe. Probably. <laughs> okay. I know you have a lot of work to do. I just didn't want to <laughs> Well, just in case. Well, the live show is not going to have some of these segments, so it doesn't really matter. Look, okay, cool. Look, Brad, yeah. how much would it take to get this on the air immediately? So, um, a cool thing about us is we have not missed a week for over four hundred weeks, um, and we are filming. Our film. Well, I guess we're filming. Are you filming it? I, I want to, but I'm also on stage. Yeah, so, so going to film it. Why don't you just put it on a tripod? <laughs> <laughs> um, we are doing a live podcast at the Bug Theater. May 6th at 7 p.m. Free admission to see us talk about movies. And we have uh, a game that we're going to be playing. So we'll need audience participation. And it'll be awesome. Did you say a game? No, Tobin Bell, you can't come oh, play this sweet. game. <laughs> I have Billy. <laughs> on stage. Come out. <laughs> the whole stage lights suddenly turn green. <laughs> Real nerd. You spent your life talking about movies. Well, today the movies are going to talk about you. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So, yeah, come out and see us. It'll be awesome. To your left is Michael Bay. To your right is Mick G. 
and they're gonna they're gonna fight, beat you up. Let the game begin. You lost it, Zach. Yeah, you lost, yeah, lost it. it. <laughs> you had something and you couldn't finish yeah, it. No, I know. That sucks. That's what she said. Um, but yeah, figure it out in the next day. Yes. You want, yeah. Uh, the show's on May 6th, and I think this dropped tomorrow. So Yeah, so it'll be fun. You should come out and see us. I appreciate I mean, we wouldn't be anything without people who listen to us. And Well, you know, we would be something, but it wouldn't be. No, <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're incredibly lucky. I mean, uh, I'll talk about it on the live show. I'll be serious for a little bit, but um, at the live show and talk about how lucky we are and. Um, all the cool stuff we've done in all the cool seven stuff. years. I mean, it's 400 weeks when we started this. I couldn't even think this far into the future. So, um, yeah. We're dedicated. We are. Dedicated to the craft of podcasting and talking shit. That's <laughs> what we do. Went to the Shit Talking Institute. <laughs> Today is May 4th and free comic book day. That's right. Yeah. Um, I was able to go to Hero Headquarters and pick up the Spider-Man one. I missed the Spider-Man one last year, so that's good. Nice. Um, picked up a Marvel team up with Iron Fist. Did they have a Simpsons one from Mongo? I don't believe so. Kellen to... picked uh, Pokemon. They had like a little Justice League one and some other kid one that he picked up. When I did collect, I used to go specifically for the Bongo stuff because I used to be a Bongo collector. So those yeah. days are behind, far behind me now. <laughs> Should never let them be behind you. Yeah. <laughs> Donkey Kong Jungle Beat has bongos. That's true. Mm. I uh, I've been down here since like ten this morning, and so I, I heard that there's a comic store called Enchanted Grounds. Yeah. Um, not really a comic store. Yeah, it's probably more of like a gaming. It is. Store. But yeah. they had fifty cent um, single issues, and I was like, oh, I'll go check it out and see what they have. And um, I don't know where they got these <laughs> comics from, but they had some really great stuff in there, like the first issue of batman teenage mutant ninja turtles for 50 cents hmm. which i think wait what <laughs> yeah which i think right I now think the cover is 2.99 yeah and i think right now it's actually selling for 25 dollars. Hmm. so that's a good one i also got to uh, hit that up on my way back yeah uh yeah they had i got one three four five and six and i know there was more there i can't remember which ones they are um well but, each series only has six so i yeah. Yeah. So I, I they didn't have. So you're missing two. Yeah, I didn't have two, but I got every other one. Yeah. Um. And it, and they have variant covers, so there's yeah. that. No, this is just. I think it's just the straight cover. It's I think uh, Raphael's cover A. Yeah. In the front corner, and Batman's kind of standing over all of them. Was well, it the? Uh, you can tell because I think the variants are all Eastman. Oh, okay. Drawing style. No, they're not my drawing style. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have the same name as Kevin Eastman. I know. It's, <laughs> yeah. I think of you every time I'm in Littleton, I'm past Eastman Place. Like, oh. You know what? You're useless because you, <laughs> you could have been, I could have met someone who related to Kevin Eastman and then we could hang out all the time, but no, you had to be I tried to last year and you other... said, and you, and you, when I said last year on the text, hey, I should go up to Kevin Eastman and pretend to be his long lost son and get support money. <laughs> and you said, <laughs> son's that too would close. Be... That's an obvious like, but you should be like, you know, cousin. third cousin. Yeah. You know, it'd be like, it'd be like true. the parent trap. <laughs> We don't look alike, do we? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was actually surprised. I got 14 comics, and it cost me seven fifty four with tax. That's really good. And because I got, they had some Captain Marvels from the previous run. Um, uh, a Batgirl versus Catwoman from the Catwoman run that I would never spend, you know, five dollars for. But when it's fifty cents, 
and I got uh, the Duck Avenger with Tunnel Duck. Its cover price was like seven dollars. And a new one? Uh, no, it's maybe last year. That's still pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, it's a thick book, so yeah. Who's public? Is Disney just publishing themselves, or is it like through no, it's, Dell or um, not Dell? It's, Sorry, no, that's it's old. Disney Comics. I don't know who publishes it though. IDW does it. Yeah. Every time I look at back issues, it's like either Gold Key or Dell that's putting it out. Oh, yeah. Or I think Dell puts out Looney Tunes. Did put out Looney Tunes? They I don't did. Know. They did. Uh, uh, Uncle Scrooge. I have some Uncle Scrooge ones. There you go. Okay. At Mile High, they have like a clipboard with all the numbers of the different free comic books, and you have to like sign up or like mark them off and everything. Yeah, and you have to pay money to get them too. Certain ones, the you get like three free ones, um, and then whatever ones after did you that go to you Mile pay High? for. I did. Was it super busy? Yeah, I got there like ten o two, and. I walked in. It was just like, I want to get out of here as fast as possible. <laughs> so I just took the clipboard, you know, marked off the number of the Turtles comic that they had, walked up to the counter, and then the, the card disappeared somewhere <laughs> off the clipboard somehow. And then the guy was like, just tell me what the number is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kellen so. got the Ninja Turtles one. He's starting to get into Ninja Turtles. Well, there was two. There was like an animated series one, and then there was like the IDW one. Yeah, I made him get the IDW one. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think the one, the animated one is actually just from last year, just mm. recycled. Because I think I have that one already. He holds up the animated one, and you just slap it down. You started to get into the Ninja Turtles. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah, got my respect. Brad, you sure he's not your son? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Better be. My son would be a genius by now. <laughs> hey, my kid's smart. He told me to fuck off today. <laughs> and he wanted to poison you. Yeah, he did. <laughs> um. So yeah, every comics day was fun. Sweet. Yeah, I was actually surprised at Heroes Headquarters when I got there. Like at ten, the line was really long. Oh, really? Yeah, was like the one a I couple hundred people. I think it's funny you missed that. Um, I know, I was literally right there. Batman one thousand. <laughs> I wanted that other one where it's like a bunch of robins on it. Oh yeah, I was. Who did that one? Gosh darn it! I got the Starenko one. I mean, it's cool, but I wanted the Bruce Tim one. Yeah, I don't well, know how I missed that. Was it next? It had been next to the Batman's. All the Batman one or Detective Comics one thousands were like right next to each other, so. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, and four of them is cool. Today we went to a park afterwards, and he was playing, and he got this uh, ball. He it has these. It's like one of those rubber balls, but it had spikes on it. And he, he said, oh, a Mad Max ball. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's saying it's from Mario because I, I forget the name of the the uh, enemy in it, but it's the little lizard guy who opens up his mouth and goes, Mah! and he it's a like a mace. And he throws it at you, so he's kept what, on. Birdo? No, it's not Birdo. It's um... Birdo goes bow. Yeah. Oh, I guess you're. You said mow. Sorry, Sorry, I was man. texting your wife. What, yeah, that's what fine. About? Um, so he got that, and so my wife was texting me because uh, I was telling her about this lady whose son's name was Ashen, and she's wearing patchouli. Uh huh. And so I was like, eh, "It's so gross." Blah, blah, blah. And then I look up, and Kellen's gone. I'm like, what the fuck? So well, like, this is how Shazam starts. Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm walking around, and um, and then I hear him laughing. And at this park, they're having soccer games going on at the same time. He ran out onto the soccer field and tried to play soccer with these kids. So, yep, my kid interrupted a soccer game. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, it's called Spike. <laughs> Literally <right>. just Spike. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah. It's no Birdo. Bow. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to go around town with Brad, and he's going to tell us about the sweet lineup that's getting extended at the drive-in. Hey, film buddies. Follow me around Denver. (laughs) 
Oh man, the drive-in still has Avengers, Captain Marvel, and Shazam, and boys are great. Jeez. If you're willing to stay up till three in the morning, <laughs> hell yeah, I might be doing that today. Really ends around really? three in the morning. Not the drive-in, but oh. um, when I'm done here, I was gonna go see the Avalanche, and I was gonna use my Alamo season pass to go see Avengers. <laughs> Get my switch out. <laughs> um, yeah. Anything else going on? Oh, um, Real Nerds Live. Yeah, Real Nerds Live on Monday. Um, the Emerging Filmmakers Project is happening in the third Thursday of May, whatever day that is. Did we find out our? Uh, oh yeah, our our Denver pop culture. The third con Thursday date? is May sixteenth. All right, there you go. Watch some local films. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh, that's right. We do know what our our Denver pop culture pon- bleh, Denver pop culture con panel is actually on a Saturday. Um, at five thirty, uh, they did not say what room yet. So. I'm guessing it's five o two. That's the real nerd, it's real a, heroes it's rooms. A, it's a broom closet. Yeah. <laughs> Be the way. No, fuck no. Our room last year was huge. Yeah. And they and learned their lesson. People, no, there was lots of people there last year. <laughs> that's probably why they gave it to us. I'm not. I'm not making that up. I'm no, being no, serious. No, but he texted us. And he's like, uh, like we're we're up against the Back to the Future. Uh, that panel. was me. Oh. Yeah, Ryan made that up. Yeah, I don't <laughs> really know. Oh, I thought was. the whole schedule was out. So, but I'm no. talking. That's probably the biggest one on a Saturday night. Seems you know Christopher Lloyd and um, I, so I got sent home on Wednesday because I was so sick. Oh, um, yeah. Sorry, bud. So that's why I keep on coughing. Stop licking doorknobs, man. Well, I can't help it. Actually, it's when they're I delicious. Rest, when Sorry, I car, me- car door handles. When I arrest meth heads, I lick their hands and just fuck <laughs> you up. Yep, it's meth. Yeah. Speaking of which, Zach, do you have any meth in the house? It's the only way to be sure. Um, yeah. So we're probably Saturday nights, like a prime, like they're usually yeah. either doing a concert or some headliners doing so something. So we're gonna, so. Uh, we're gonna do something fun. Should we? I guess we can tell people what it is. Yeah. Um, we're doing a 1989 celebration. Um, so we're gonna talk about the films of 1989 and. Not just the films, uh, yeah, but, but video games, New Coke. And, uh, <laughs> TV shows. We're going to go through the year of 1989. The fall of the Almost like you're time traveling. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, We're not going to talk about history. Brad will put CNN together something that. visually yeah. that we can do that we won't get in trouble doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still like uh, just having the uh, movie poster you already made for Film Explosion in 1989. That'd be good. Yeah, I'll put that up. I mean, yeah, there's like six of them. So. The yeah. premiere of The Simpsons. That's going to be fun to talk about. Yeah, man. The Ninja Turtles hey, arcade game. Ryan, don't have a cow. That brings back so many great memories. Yeah. Get bent. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to take a stroll down memory lane. We should, yeah. we should treat it like we're getting into the DeLorean and taking Hell everyone yeah. in the room back to the future. Hell yeah. Have a cardboard DeLorean. <laughs> I, might go to the, I might go to the thrift store and buy some 80s clothes, like Ooh. a windbreaker and shit. Would you try to go a, a appropriate and time. be like more like mid, like... Like in between the eighties and the nineties, because like eighty nines were kind of stuff. Kind no, of no, I'll watch Back to the Future Part Two and all. <laughs> oh, oh you're gonna fun. literally do we that? Should, okay, yeah. never mind. That would be fun. We should dress up like eighties style. Totally. Yeah, rad. It's happening. Uh, tubular. Uh, Freeze. Yeah, <laughs> so that's what's going on around town. Nice. Yeah. Movies are coming out on Blu-ray in a segment we call "Stuff We Might Watch on Blu-ray." DVD releases and Blu-rays. Got a lot of 4Ks coming out this week. Um, 4K. But I'll start off with the new releases. Uh, the Lego Movie 2, the second part. Uh, you Fun can get movie. that on 4K Blu-ray. And uh, looks like there's a cool uh, steelbook here of the... Uh, uh, I don't have the urge to get it right away, though, like the first one. Neither do I. <laughs> I don't know why. It's Lego a good movie. movie. Yeah. That's still a fun movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, The Progeny. 
a prodigy, sorry. Um, the horror film from 2019 from Orion. You can get that on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, they shall not grow old is getting a Blu-ray release. Um, what is? They shall not grow old. Okay. Uh, the Peter Jackson. Uh, they said they shout out. Girl. Yeah, that's what I, I said. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> they shall not grow old. Thank you. Yeah, you want to see that one? Um, uh, what men want? Um, with uh, Kevin, uh, with um, Taraji P Henson, and um, you can <laughs> Ryan's that. version of the movies. Thirty seconds <laughs> and scene. <laughs> I I missed that whole thing, so I'm sorry if I didn't respond. Um, but you got you can pick that up on Blu-ray and 4K. Um. Uh, Black Hawk Down, Hannibal, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, Backdraft are all getting 4K releases, along with the big title of the 4K week, uh, Forrest Gump, which is also going to be coming in a steelbook, I guess, from Best Buy. Um, so, yeah, if you want to pick those up, you can. Uh, back- well, we know how you feel about Forrest Gump, so you won't. I might still get it, even though I, I like the movie. I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. The, the key word is like, not hate. Um, Didn't get that from you. Yeah, well, you know, you can <laughs> listen to words or not listen to words. Not listening. Um, uh, Kino Lober is putting out Broken Flowers, the Jin Jarmusch film uh, with Bill Murray. Um, Ryan, can... are you excited about his zombie movie? It looks know. fun. Like, th- okay, so it looks funny, but the font and the the graphics make it look really cheap. Did you see the um, production company copyright at the bottom at all on it? Nope. It says um, image 11, which image 10 is Romero's company. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice little homage. Um, also, I just want to see Adam driver and Bill Murray beat up zombies. So yeah, I'm mean, totally there. Yeah, I mean, I'm down, but yeah, you know, yeah, I don't know. I, I saw the limits of control and I was like, I don't think I like Jim Jarmusch movies. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they're zombie movies. <laughs> Uh, Dead Man and Ghost Dog are really good. Uh, Shout is putting out Blaze, which is an Ethan Hawke movie that kind of came and went, but it got like really good reviews out of festivals. So um, he directed it. So if you want to check out Ethan Hawke directing a movie, you can do that. Um, Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz made a movie called Everybody Knows. You can pick that up. Um, Everybody doesn't know. I've never heard of that movie at all. Well, it's for- <laughs> it's foreign, so of course you didn't. Um <laughs> And then uh, Kino's also putting out Rhinoceros, which is a Zero Mostel Gene Wilder movie I've never heard of. So I'm going to have to check that out. Um, and also from Kino Lobor, The Man Who Haunted Himself. And the cover is a picture of a man. And behind him is himself, but green. That's terrifying. I know, exactly. It just makes me all sorts of scared. Um, and yeah. Looks like that's about it. There's just a bunch of reissues of stuff. And, oh, guys, Kino Lober's putting out Swing Vote, the Kevin Costner movie. Nice. That's it's, actually a kind of cute movie. I, I I think I saw it once when it came out. I don't remember it that well. But, uh, yeah, anyway, pick those titles up this week. Yeah. I got sent home sick on when, uh, Wednesday. I, I was so sick, and I tried to work, and, you know, I call into service. And I pulled into the station, and the sergeant came out. And he said, "Stop, go home." <laughs> and I said, "Your move, <laughs> creep." <laughs> I get that. No, I want to serve my city. Yeah, I'm here to help. <laughs> on Wednesdays, we actually uh, have extra help on. So I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna if home. I barf on the criminals, they'll stop faster." <laughs> and I made it home, and Kellen was sick, so he stayed home, and Laura went to the gym. And when she got home, I said, I'm just going to go lay down for a little bit. It was about 1030. I woke up at three. 
And I had such a bad fever. What day is it? It's so bad. Are you still sick? Or? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm still really sick. Great. <laughs> You're not going to get called in on Monday, do you think? No. Okay. No. I, uh, You're not going to be sick on Monday? Uh, I might be sick, but I'll still show up. I had to be tell- told to go home. I was still going to work. <laughs> but I also had like almost 200 hours of vacation time, so I was like, no, I'm not going to stay. I don't need a gun, Chief. All I need to do is cough on the victims, and they'll automatically and I had get to work sick. Thursday, so I really didn't even... <laughs> I have tons of hours. Stop running or I'll cough on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's um, my, my job. is really not smart to show up sick and not being able to function. Here's your judgment. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I could have done it. I, I, I mean, I had a fever and I felt like dog shit. Uh, I could have done it. But um, when the sergeant asked, he told me to go home. I didn't argue. I said, yep. See ya. What kind of fever did you have? A cat scratch fever or a jungle fever? Um, Punch that in the face. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, my throat still hurts. and There you go. Right. Yeah, I don't sound too sick anymore, but it's pretty bad on Wednesday and Thursday. Always good to know what kind of fever you got. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah, I know I have off tomorrow and Monday. But then I work Tuesday and Wednesday, have off Thursday, then I work seven days in a row so I could have these two days off. But, you know, what are you going to do? There you go. Well. As long as I don't get boogie fever from your illness, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Although I would love some boogie fever. Got to boogie down. Anyway, that's Blu-rays, guys. Boo. Yeah. Real news. It's real news. Uh, we had sad news. Can we talk about the sad news first? Um, yes. Peter Mayhew died at 74 this uh, week. Uh, like, yes. Yesterday or the day before? Yesterday? Yeah. No, the day before, maybe. Day before, yeah. But age 74, man. Um, yeah, he was pretty sick. You yeah. Know, uh, but what a cool dude. I mean, I, you know, you want to say you've met him. Um, I've shooken his hand a couple times. Once at Starfest, I just happened to be walking around and he was uh, in his wheelchair with his wife. Yeah, because his knees were really bad. Yeah, his knees were really bad. And that was 10 years ago. I just happened to, like, bump into him. I think it's. Like when we first started the podcast, yeah, we went to Starfest. Yeah, I just happened to bump into him, and then I bumped into him at uh, Denver Comic Con uh, one time. And last year, I did uh, Giannis. He knocked him over. <laughs> yeah, I did. I really messed him up. And then I, last year, I did Giannis uh, Suatamo. Yeah, I couldn't remember his last name. Uh, panel, and he all he had was praise about how nice he was, and that's all I've ever heard about him. And that's a guy who's embraced only being known for one role. And he just owned it. Yep. And, you know, you never, you know, I, I was always in the camp and they, I would sell out, you know, because if you're known for something, just keep it up. And he did. And he, I mean, he played Chewbacca as much as he could in The Force Awakens. And they asked uh, Giannis what, you know, what scenes did he do and which ones did uh, Peter Mayhew do in The Force Awakens? Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm not going to tell you that uh, <laughs> because he's too important to it. And I didn't do that much. Yeah. I'm guessing he did most of it. But he's keeping that close to his vest, and he respected him so much, and everyone respected him so much that he said, nope, and, I, I didn't do that much in The Force Awakens. And Peter wasn't in Last Jedi. Is, or what, where is it? No, I don't think so. You know, it's Jonas only. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of outpouring of love. Uh, Harrison Ford said, I think, the, the sweetest of it, because I guess they were also co-pilots together in the yeah. planes that they would all fly. Obviously, he wasn't in the one that Harrison Ford crashed, but whatever. Whatever. Harrison um, Ford crashed a plane and walked away. I know. Exactly. He's a badass. Um, uh, the quote is, Peter Mayhew was a kind and gentle man, possessed of great dignity and noble character. These aspects of his own personality, plus his wit and, great, wit and grace, 
he brought to Chewbacca. We were partners in film and friends in life for over 30 years, and I loved him. He invested his soul in the character and brought great pleasure to the Star Wars audience. There's a big gap in there. Uh, Chewbacca was an important part of the success of the films we made together. He knew how important the fans of the franchise were to its continued success, and he was devoted to them. I and millions of others will never forget Peter and what he gave us all. My thoughts are with his dear wife, Angie, and his children. Rest easy, my dear friend. And he's right. I mean, he never had any Fuzzballs. That was the last part of it, Fuzzball. Um, but he was... People loved that character just by how he could act with his body. Mm-hmm. And that's... I mean, that's a huge props because that's hard to do. Especially, and, I mean, I don't know how much that costume weighed, but... And I, I tend to respect actors more often than not when they've dedicated their time to playing one role so well that it captures an audience so much. Like, you know, I, I love like big actors and whatnot, but like people who like play similar characters or like stick in a trope and whatnot, like they're so committed to it. Like whether they want to be there or not, like there's more, there's more something there to love about it. And Peter Mayhew, you know, he played that role for so long, but like, you know, like it, he, it, it never seemed to bother him. Like, yeah. I mean, cause he wasn't like, it just like he believe he made you believe a t- giant fucking teddy bear walked around and like fucking like drove a starship, man. Like it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, and like I mean, Wookies are real, and I know that because Peter Mayhew showed me they were real. Yeah. So, um, yeah, seventy four, man. He he will be missed. It's it's sad. Yeah, we had to lose one more Star Wars cast member before <laughs> Rise of Skywalker came out, which sucks. Um, three down. <laughs> Three to go. <laughs> I want to hear Mark Hamill in his Joker voice say, I wonder who will be next. <laughs> um, we also had the passing of a great director this week. Uh, John Singleton passed away um, at the at a very early age uh, from a stroke, which sucks. Um, you know, if you didn't know who John Singleton was, he directed Boys in the Hood and um, earned an Academy Award nomination for directing for that film. And he, he is still the youngest nominee in that category um, to this day. Uh, he also did Rosewood, Poetic Justice. Um, later on, and he did a lot of commercial commercially bent films like Four Brothers and Too Fast, Too Furious. Um, I love Singleton. Um, Rosewood and Boys in the Hood are still great films to watch. And he did another film called Higher Learning, which is a little underrated in my opinion. Um, but he's a he was a very talented director, a very unique voice. And he had been working a lot in television lately, um, mainly working on Empire. So it sucks. Like, you know, check check your fucking blood pressure, people. Like, we can't lose any good artists to fucking strokes anymore. Like, we lost Luke Perry earlier this year. So, um, but yeah, Singleton. Like, you guys fans of Boys in the Hood? or Yeah, I don't mind. I don't think I've seen any of his stuff. Might want to check it out. Rosewood's really good. Rosewood's very interesting because it's, it's based on a true story, but it's it takes some liberties to tell a broader story. So, um, anyway, I'm going to brighten things up with, uh, some news. Hey, California is going to make May 4th officially star Wars day. Yeah. I heard yeah. that is actually official now. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. If we could just do the star Wars now, if we could just make that nationwide be great. Heck yeah. Yeah. You know, um, we've, uh, got, we got a trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog. And then yep. the internet blew up again, <laughs> as it does. This one, he looks weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't Too care. much realism. Yeah, I don't care that much, but yeah. he d- didn't seem to fit in the... Actually, I was more offended by the 
music they chose <laughs> yeah <laughs> the trailer mm-hmm. and, and just the world doesn't seem like sonic yeah like it's there's, not there's the a funny uh, meme going around nothing. right now with james marsden with him talking to sonic in a pickup truck and mm-hmm. then below it's him talking to the easter bunny in a pickup truck yeah it's basically the same shot I, I, poor James Marsden. Oh, because he did hop. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't see that until after I wrote a status on Facebook, which is just like, this will be the second time he's driven around with a CGI creation in a car, and I just know now that within the next ten years we need to have a third one to create to perfect the James Marsden drives with fictitious characters in cars trilogy. Yep. Like it's gonna be an unofficial one. You can box it up. Quit uh, X Men for Superman. Yeah. James Marsden's a nice. It seems I like a nice man. James yeah. just saying, he no, I don't know. It's just like I feel bad for him a little bit, you know. But like, hey, you know, a gig's a gig is a gig is a gig. Um, but funny, you should say that it looks uh, strange and weird. The uh, this Sonic fella. Uh, apparently, the internet said that same thing, and the director said that they're going to redesign the whole damn character. So, uh, with the hashtag, gotta fix it quick. Yeah. So some uh, private artist did it already, and it looks way better. Okay. So all right. Hopefully they just throw Damn him it. some cash and, <laughs> and take his design. <laughs> we have too much power as fans on the internet <laughs> to, to change things. Um, well, uh, I mean, my, if you if you have the ability to and people don't like it, might as well change it so people like it. I agree. Because, I, I mean, how much is that movie already? I'm guessing it's probably $100 million bucks already. Right. But does Jimmy Carrey still take a $20 million price tag? Probably. Don't, yeah. Probably to be in that movie, I say he would. Yeah. Which And you know he's just going to choose scenery. Yeah, but that's what he does best, and he does it well. But like, I don't know. Debatable. If, I this trailer did not sell me on him. I oh, no, I'd I, almost I, rather. I, I like the one where uh, they're shooting all the missiles at him, and he's waiting for him. I thought that was pretty creative. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, Ryan, did you like the collector movies? Yeah, we're getting the a third one. one. The second one's really good. I know the collection. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really insane and messed up. That nightclub scene's fucked up. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, we're getting a third one. Um, I'll, I'll watch it. Uh, uh, what's his name? Josh Stewart, uh, who played Arkin in the series, uh, confirmed it with a tweet of the poster. Just says the Collector Three, except uh, the E in Collector looks like a three. Um, <laughs> I know it's adorable. I was, I was thinking that's you like, couldn't exactly before that, you said it, uh, listeners. But Brad rolled his eyes really loudly. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled them so hard they almost <laughs> fell out of my head. Is this is this is this um, the uh, Photoshop thing sketch from uh, Saturday Night Live all over again, where you're uh, making fun of the Avatar font? <laughs> this? No, not not you. Like you're rolling your eyes because like it's just Photoshop bullshit. Sure. Because that's what basically this poster looks like. It's the same image from the first poster. Um, I think that title needs to be changed though. I don't like the Collector Three. I'm sure it will because it goes the collector then the collection and then what what is this the collected the collect mm. God, do I have to think of everything uh, my friend Luke suggested the collective which I was just like ooh a cult of collectors <laughs> um, but yeah Mark Dunstan's returning because I always think it. too so the new uh, when they make a new Friday 13th it's the 13th um, entry I think uh-huh. you just call it the 13th ooh I like that 13 to th- 13 the 13th <laughs> no, just the 13th the final 13th <laughs> the 13th going on 30 <laughs> it's jennifer garner versus jason um so yeah um and like i said everybody's returning for it so but no word if it's theatrical or vod i'm guessing vod mm-hmm. because it seems like that franchise didn't hold any water at the box office when it when the collect when the collection came out at the theater i was working at it was dead every screening like i'd maybe have one person there a Trailer's day there's garbage that's why yeah. 
The movie's good. Yep, I agree. Um, anyway, uh, Ryan, um, I don't know if to be. I don't know how I feel about this. Um, th- someone's remaking Charlie Chaplin's The Kid as an animated sci-fi film starring Jacob Tremblay. Um, I don't know. <laughs> did, did you read the plot? Uh, nope. I want to read the plot for you right because now. Because when I see headlines like that, I just keep scrolling. Yeah. Um, the, the Kid, an animated adventure, is set in futuristic New York City, which has been flooded and split vertically into two distinct regions. Tremblay's eponymous character is a young boy living with his mother in Uptown, a boring, artless place of overprotective safety. When he runs away seeking adventure, he winds up in the mysterious and dangerous downtown and encounters Chaplin, a robot with a human soul. And together, the two embark on adventures to discover the secret mystery behind Chaplin. While pursued by the police, the kid's mother, and a colorful cast of modern circus performers. Yeah, nope. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I. Nope. If there's not a scene of him throwing rocks through a window and Charlie Chaplin has to come and fix him, I don't want it. But, I mean, I I at least want to know what the fuck Robo Chaplin looks like. It's probably not going Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) That's a 1920s joke out there for anybody who knows what Charlie Chaplin Uh, looks like. They look so similar. There's a movie about it, and it's a great movie. Yep. Yeah, the great, great dictator. Di- yeah, watch that. Pick instead. up the Criterion. It's amazing. Watch Maybe that. one of their best releases. Watch that instead of this. <laughs> um, and then um, last piece of news actually concerns one person in two different stories. Uh, Netflix released um, The Hateful Eight as a miniseries, uh, and everybody thought it was the Roadshow version. Turns out it's not. Turns out it's actually an extended version of the damn movie, re-edited to operate as a miniseries under the supervision of Quentin Tarantino and Fred Raskin. So basically a bunch of articles got written about Netflix putting on the roadshow version, but they didn't bother to watch the actual thing that Netflix posted. So there was a slew of articles throughout, of, throughout the course of a week that didn't bother to do any research. Um, and so Quentin Tarantino talked to Slash Film about hey, it. Hey, and hey, they, hey, what's going on? <laughs> Actually, he 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 was pretty angry that Actually, people I love, didn't. There's bump. this one interview with Tarantino. It's like 10 Tarantino years ago. sounds a little bit like your Sam Raimi. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> um, where he gets on this reporter's balls for talking about violence in his films. Oh, oh, the uh, the, the the TV interview about yeah, Kill Bill. So awesome. Yeah, he's just like, if you don't like it, then go. Then don't see my movie. Yeah, it's like you don't have to go. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not forcing I, you to go, I make, man. <laughs> I don't make movies for you. I make it for the audience. I make it for ten year olds. It's awesome. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to get get back to this conversation I was having over here. Tick 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 tick. <laughs> he just how many lazy. dicks is that? <laughs> that dude also gets in. Tr- have you seen that dude says something to Robert Downey Jr. Quentin did? No, uh, the interviewer who did who got yelled at by Quentin. So uh-huh. he sat down with Robert Downey Jr. I don't know if it was for Game of Shadows, but he asked and he says, so is it hard being sober? And what the fuck? Robert Downey Jr. sits back, crosses his arms, and says, this is what we're going to do? Ooh. Really? We're going to talk Ooh. about this? I'm here to sell a movie. I, I was like, oh, ah. fuck. I have never seen Robert Downey Jr. mad before. And ah. he snapped. Oh, because it's like, dude, what is you, Why would you even bring that up? I mean, I, someone I think, didn't I think Robert Downey Jr. has been sober for 20 years now. Someone didn't listen to someone's agent when they got somebody. It's on one of those show. press junkets where, you know, you have to sit in a hotel room. I feel so bad for actors, but they've got to have some kind of guideline thrown. There oh, I'm, I'm sure they do. So somebody clearly didn't fucking listen or didn't and, fucking and at, care. And, 
Robert Downey Jr. took off the mic and just fucking left. Yeah. Like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. I I think they did give him a guideline, and this guy just made a decision. Oh, yeah. Like, no, fuck him. Like, you, I mean, you could, like... I mean, I've asked questions in interviews before, but like, and they've been like cheeky, but they never cross into that. No, fucking I would territory. never bring up. No. You remember when you used to be a junkie? No, that's fucking that's mean. Yeah, why would you bring that up? He's there talking about Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, no. Uh, my new favorite ones are the Aussie Man. It's uh, Australian <laughs> slang, and so he did it with the cast of Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. And, and it's uh, he did one too with. Uh, Captain Marvel is awesome. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, The Hateful Eight on Netflix as a miniseries. Um, if you want to check it out, like it's re-edited with new footage, about 25 minutes of new footage. I should um, probably watch the Blu-ray you gave me three years ago. I mean, yeah, you should. I mean, it's, it's a pretty good movie even without this whole new 25 minutes added to it. That was on my top 10 list and I don't even own it. <laughs> I only own it because he gave it to me and it's still sitting there. Because you said I hadn't seen it and I was like, I know what I'm going to get right yeah, for And Christmas. he'll watch it right away. And he'll watch it right away because he's a good friend. And I'm like, <laughs> and they got to... <laughs> Army of Darkness for the 15th time. <laughs> Two years later, fucking piece of shit, no good now. I also um, got Rush and I've never watched it, so. You know. I heard that's about a rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> heard Ron Howard made it. Um, and then the last thing. Little Ronnie Howard. And then the last thing. In that interview with uh, Quentin Tarantino, um, we've confirmed that uh, there's going to be a director's cut of Django Unchained that's apparently three hours long. I love Django Unchained. I do too. And so I'm I'm curious to see what 20 more f- minutes of footage w- would look like. So. Should have been Leo's first Oscar win. I agree. I agree. When he, when he breaks his fucking hand on that table, yeah. I swear to Christ, man. Yeah, he really cut his hand. Yep. Yep. <laughs> You touch that tabletop, tabletop. I can't remember what he said, but he's like, he's just, he's pointing his finger really like loud. Like it's, it's great. I love that performance. Anyway, that's news. Unless I missed anything, did I miss anything? I don't think so. Right, um, cool. Avengers is still making money. Yeah, Avengers is going to cross. $2 yeah, million. that was the thing. All the other articles were like Avengers. Like this is what I didn't like about it. This is why it's making so much money. Here's why Marvel sucks. And I'm like. I don't fucking care. Everyone loves Endgame, but have you considered this? <laughs> oh no, God, no. It's pretty much like every no, article no. about it. <laughs> Although I, have to, I do have to wonder, like, uh, Black Widow did kind of get the shaft at the funeral. Because, <laughs> yeah. I know Tony... Wait, I probably shouldn't say anymore because this isn't the episode from last week. Well, by the time it airs, the embargo will be done because... Oh, that's another piece of news. I guess so, When yeah. you can see that new Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, guess what? It's full of spoilers, so... That's according to the thing I read today. You know, I noticed because uh, I rewatched the Far From Home trailer. Peter seems surprised at who, uh, at like meeting um, Nick Fury. Yeah. Um, so this must be before Endgame because why would he be like? Because he's at the funeral. But did they meet at the funeral? He kind of just walked into yeah, the funeral. Yeah, because Nick Fury kind of hangs out in the back. But yeah. you really think like he enters and he just stands there. Well, I mean, that's what Nick Fury does. Remember at the end of Iron Man. He just shows up in Tony Stark's like bed uh, living room, and he left before Peter yeah. Parker turned around. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, that's what I'm guessing happened. Peter was like, "Hey, Aunt May, let's go get some food." Who was that guy who just walked away? Yeah, I'm sure they were getting food at the wake, and you know, probably but chatting even, up even in if, different groups. Even if he looked <laughs> over and saw Nick Fury, would you just walk up and start talking to Nick Fury? I'd say probably not. Let's be honest, guys. It was a private ceremony with all the Avengers. Like, why wouldn't? And then Nick Fury, after they saw his. Wait, should we stop talking about it? <laughs> I was going to say uh, how awkward it must be for the kid from Iron Man 3 and Peter Parker to be hanging out. And be like, oh, so you're the prodigy that he likes so much and not me. Yeah, I love those scenes in Iron Man 3. 
where I, I love the line that the kid says. He said, yeah, my dad went out for scratch game tickets six years ago. So I guess he won. <laughs> <laughs> what is, what is Iron Man's reply? He says, yeah, people leave. Get over it. Yep. <laughs> it's he awesome. speeds away. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. I love when Guy Pierce like proclaims himself to be the Mandarin and then he gets whacked over the head. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, um, that was news. Corinne sent us a new Catching the Classics. This time it's Miyazaki. There we go. I can talk today. Hey, nerds. Corinne here. Although no Catching the Classics, at least not a regular one today, and not for the next 10 weeks or so, because I'm going to be doing a little bit of a spinoff series. Um, I'll explain it in a little bit, but I want to go through all of Hayao Miyazaki's films. Because I've seen probably about half of them, and I would really like to watch the rest. And so I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to make a series out of it, and y'all are just going to have to deal. So, um, welcome to the first part of Catching the Miyazaki Classics. If you're unfamiliar, Hayao Miyazaki is a Japanese filmmaker, animator, director, screenplay writer. Um, he has... 11 full-length feature films under his belt as a director and a writer. He's written some other ones, but he didn't direct them. And he is working on his 12th right now, as I understand. So, yeah. I'm going to be going through all 11 of his movies. I'm going to be trying to go through the ones I haven't seen first and then tackle the ones I already have seen and some of them I own at the end. And um, if... You're unfamiliar. Um, a lot of Miyazaki's works are from Studio Ghibli, which is based in Japan. But the company, either I don't know if it's owned by Disney, but at least in the United States, Disney distributes all of the Studio Ghibli films, and they have dubbed it into English with English language voice actors. A lot of whom are like A-list celebrities. For instance, Christian Bale is the voice for Hal in Hal's Moving Castle, and I think. Ryan said, like, Emily Blunt is in The Wind Rises or something. So, yeah, they're pretty famous people, and they do a pretty good job. Um, so, for the, my first iteration, I'm going to be tackling Porco Rosso, the one that kind of started this whole Catching the Miyazaki Classics thing for me. So, how this all, the whole little spin-off series came into being, um, I was talking with Ryan because I listen to Studio Ghibli soundtracks while I'm working, and there's this one song from Porco Rosso that came up. It's called Bygone Days, and the vibe of it was kind of this melancholic, kind of like a film noir sort of vibe. The best way I can explain it is it reminded me a lot of um, that song from Casablanca. I can't remember. What's the name of that? Uh... Whatever. You all know what I'm talking about. But yeah, it's the song from Casablanca, and it kind of reminded me of that sort of vibe. And I asked Ryan, I'm like, is Porco Rosso film noir? And he's like, eh, it's hard to explain. You just have to watch it. So I did. And I was like, well, I want to talk about this movie, so I'm just going to do a whole series about Miyazaki's films. So, minor spoilers ahead, but Porco Rosso is, um, well, he's a pig that's well, he is a pig and he's not a pig. So he's a guy, but he was turned into a pig, sort of. He's still bipedal and he still has hands, but he just has the face of a pig. And it's never explicitly stated why or how, 
but it's kind of implied that he was turned into a pig as like this curse because he was a coward and defected from the Italian Air Force after World War One, and so now he's this seaplane pilot in the Mediterranean who is a bounty hunter, so like anytime these pirates attack these um, like tourist boats and whatever, and they take all their money and they steal some kids, Porco goes out there and he shoots them down and he gets all the stuff back. So that's what he does for a living. So the pirates are really upset with this. They hire this ace named Curtis to come in and kind of help them out. And Curtis shoots down Porco, and so Porco has to go and get his plane fixed, and he ends up... Um, kind of contracting this lady, Theo, she's 17, but she's, you know, this up-and-coming seaplane engineer, and so she fixes Porco's plane for him, and she comes along when he goes back to, you know, she wants him to fight Curtis and, like, stand up for himself and defend his honor, and he doesn't want to do that, he just wants to go and, you know, make money again, and so it ends up that they have this kind of fight of honor between Porco and Curtis, um, because Curtis wants to marry Theo, and so Porco kind of stands up for her, and they end up figuring it out that, you know, if this is this wager, whoever loses, if Porco loses, then um, Curtis gets to marry Theo, and if um, Curtis loses, then Porco, uh, Porco's bills that from his plane repair, Curtis will pay them. So, um... It's a really, really good movie. I really want people to go and watch it. Um, the voice actors did a great job. So Michael Keaton is the voice for Porco Rosso, which just seeing the design of the character, I would never have thought that Michael Keaton's voice would come out of his mouth. I, I don't know. It just, for me personally, it didn't seem like the right casting choice, but listening to the Japanese version... The Japanese voice actor, his the voices sound very similar. They're both kind of this deep, gruff, kind of jaded um, sort of voice. And, you know, that's kind of where Porco is coming from. He's this very, you know, jaded and kind of looking out for himself sort of person. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. But just for me, seeing the design, I'm like, I don't think I would have cast Michael Keaton for that role. But the people of who made the movie wanted him to sound that way, so there you go. But that being said, Keaton does a fantastic job. Um, everybody on the movie does. The lady who plays Gina, who's Porco's love interest, um, she's the same lady who voices Meg in Hercules, so there's that. Um, and this was kind of something that they had brought up, because even the people in the movie brought this up, of, like, Porco has this kind of weird thing going where it's, like, he's in love with Gina, or Gina's in love with him, but Porco's hanging out with Theo, who's very young, but she's, you know, very pretty, and so they're, like, so what's this deal, you know, like, pick one, you know, Theo or Gina, like, who's it gonna be? And that did kind of weird me out, too, when I was, like, first watching it. I'm, like, what's, what's the, you know, is it, I thought Gina was supposed to be his love interest, like, what's this deal with Theo? And I was thinking about it, and I realized that it's kind of this chivalric romance sort of deal. Maybe not romance, but a chivalric kind of relationship where Theo is kind of, you know, this kind of courtly love sort of concept where she kind of holds Porco up to a certain standard. And because Porco 
admires her and respects her, he wants to live up to that standard of this kind of, you know, being honorable and fighting for what he cares about and not just running away and not just being a coward or whatever, but, you know, being honorable and being courageous. And so, yeah, and that's exactly what Porco does, you know, he kind of becomes a sort of knightly figure where he stands up for his honor and for Fio's honor and you know, it's kind of this parental thing, but kind of not, and it's hard to explain if you haven't seen the movie, but that's what it came across to me as is this almost kind of a chivalric romance, courtly love sort of deal. Um, I also was kind of struck by the similarities. I mentioned the, the similarities between Casablanca's, um, whatever that one song is. I still can't think of the name of it. Um, as Time Goes By. There we go. Um, Casablanca's As Time Goes By and Bygone Days, which they play throughout the film, kind of whenever they have flashbacks and they're thinking of, like, the olden days before all their friends died. Um, they being Gina and Porco, because that's how they know each other, is they had mutual friends growing up. Um, but anyway, I was struck kind of by the similarities between Porco and Rick from Casablanca. That's, um... Humphrey Bogart's character. And, because, yeah, they're both these kind of dudes who they look out for themselves. They kind of are purportedly, like, self-interested and self-centered. But deep down, like, they have a soft spot and they do have this kind of code of honor that they live by. And they tend to have this kind of a chivalric kind of bent to them where they try to help, like, those who are you know, down and like the innocent and women and, you know, you know, kind of this like people who are, you know, traditionally considered vulnerable, um, kind of like that. But, you know, again, it's kind of, they're supposed to be self-centered, but they also kind of have a code of honor thing to them. And yeah, like they don't have any kind of allegiance and their allegiance is kind of fluid and, or just, you know, again, kind of self-serving and so yeah I I was telling this to Ryan after I watched the movie I'm like I think that they meant for Humphrey Bogart to be the voice for Porco Rosso or something you know like if Humphrey Bogart had been alive he would have been the perfect voice for Porco uh but yeah um did I have any problems with the movie yes um, I, I was, I was loving it. I was having such a great time, smiling the whole time I was watching it up until the very end. So again, spoilers. Um, so the fight happens, Porco wins, obviously. Um, but the Italian air force is coming in because they know about the fight. And so Gina warns everybody and everybody leaves and Porco, um, gives Theo to Gina and he's like, here, like take her to respectable society or whatever. And, Porco and Curtis decide to be decoys and, like, fly around and draw the attention away from everybody else who was there at the fight. Um, and that's kind of it. That's how it ends. You know, Curtis says something about, like, oh, hey, your face. Like, maybe he doesn't look like a pig anymore. Like, that's the implication. But we never get to see Porco's face, whether he is human again. And we never get to see... Yeah, we never get to see anything. Like, we just get, like, a minute of Theo voicing over and just being like, 
And Gina and I stayed really good friends after that, and sometimes I still go and hang out at her hotel. And as for what happened to Porco, like, I'm not gonna tell you. What? I just, uh, it, it really pissed me off the first time I watched it, and... Again, I had such a great time, I was like, I have to go back and watch this again, because it was just fun. Up until the very end, when it ends very abruptly, and in this kind of unsatisfying way. Um, but yeah. Hmm. I'm not sure. I don't know how I want to rate these movies. Hmm. I'm just going to give it like a B plus. I'm going to do letter grades instead of stars for these, because I feel like that's easier for me. So yeah, Porco Rosso, go check it out. It's it's really good. It's a fun time. The next one I'm going to watch is Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, which is one of the older movies that Miyazaki did. I think Porco might have been his third or fourth, and Nausicaa is the second one that he did after the Castle of Cagliostro. So one other quick note is that this segment has been brought to you by your local library. Yeah, you remember those things that your tax dollars pay for? They have lots of cool stuff in them, so you should go check them out. They have things like Hayao Miyazaki movies, so support your local libraries. Thanks for letting me rant about that, nerds. I promise the next one won't be so long. Bye! Yeah, I really like the Porco because I, I was always enthralled with The Pig in a Trench Coat, mm-hmm. and it's voiced by Michael Keaton, but I was talking to Corinne and we thought that Humphrey Bogart would make a really good Porco, which he probably would. Um, Too bad he didn't live long enough to, to yeah, play say he can't He's be been dead. dead for, what, 50 years? Ryan, years? R- Ryan, I'm dead, sweetheart. <laughs> I'm a pig flying a plane, sweetheart. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, it's a good movie. It's fun. Squeal is just a squeal as pigs go by. We should also mention that uh, <laughs> Corinne's going to start publishing articles on the website uh-huh. uh, about these movies and probably some blacklist stuff. So check out the website and nice. read her articles. Fucking blacklist, man. I don't get that fucking show. I don't Ryan, know, calm down. I don't understand the goddamn appeal. Ryan, you put down the knife. You don't have to watch it. <laughs> He's cutting his own throat. Why oh, is he God. cutting his own throat? That is the most graphic thing I've seen up close in years. <laughs> Jesus. Um, oh, it's everywhere. I've literally had <laughs> Brad, this, you're so covered in blood. <laughs> I've literally had this series explained to me by James, by you, by Corinne. And I have no idea what the fuck is going on, man. James Spader's in jail, and he's trying to get out of jail. I'm watching. I don't even know what the fuck's going on. Like <laughs> Spader's awesome, but the whole like actual storyline is so confusing. Mm. I'm like ready to give up. Yep. So. Still don't know. Um, and I've never seen Porco Rosso or um, yeah, any of the really early Miyazaki stuff. Spirited yeah. Away, though, I love. My mom and I um, love that movie. I've seen so. two of them. I've seen uh, The Wind Rises because it's an Emily Blunt film. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I love. I like Ponyo, even though it is for babies. So, Mononoke and Spirited Away are my favorites. But yeah, Ponyos are babies. <laughs> Big old cry babies. I was trying to say pussy babies. That's just weird. Careful. You know, That's weird. you know, Brad's favorite pastime is going to screenings of Ponyo and just going, fucking babies, and then just <laughs> running away. Yeah. This movie was made for you, baby. Makes <laughs> <laughs> you <know>, shit machine. <laughs> Shut up. You know what I'm talking about. Don't play coy with me. Baby. <laughs> Brad, are you getting into an intellectual debate with a baby? Yes. <laughs> yes, and I'm winning. <laughs> uh, we watch movies throughout the week in a segment we call What We've Been Watching. 
So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what'd you watch this week? Oh, man, more like what I didn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was supposed to watch Hard Ticket to Hawaii at the Alamo. Oh, yeah. That sold out. Yeah. This story's sad. I've already read it. <laughs> what? But your post about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's... I, I go, it's like an $8 showing or whatever, but it's in the, it's at Sloan's Lake and it's theater eight, which is the smallest theater they have. Mm-hmm. And it's sold out. So, uh, just before the movie starts, um, two obnoxious douchebags sit to my left and then a guy and his girlfriend, they're on a date and they're sitting at the end of the row, but they come closer to me. Cause I guess they got their seats mixed up. Um, the girl is super drunk and she's giggling at literally everything the movie's doing. So the scene, the, if the scene changes and it just goes to a different locale, it's hilarious. Uh, oh, that's not funny? No. Oh, okay. Um, and the guy is totally knows that she's obnoxious and irritating the rest of the audience, but he knows you know, he's, he has a chance to get some later, so he just kind of... That's a tough card to play. Like, doesn't <laughs> tell her to stop. You know, he just he slinks down in his so seat. So what would you do if, so let's say you went to a movie and you're lady friend was laughing at stupid things would you just get up and leave if she was gonna go to the movie that drunk i would have canceled the movie <laughs> like maybe we should just go home mm. but when um, she's like no i really want to see the movie fucking asshole I mean, you, <laughs> would, you, uh, <laughs> would you still go i would have been like care like you might get written up you know mm-hmm. so i'm just wondering um, yeah, i really want to go <laughs> yeah. um and then i'll like, still make out with you <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. that's a forty year old version. That's, yeah. that's a deep pull. Yes, um, I love I love Brad's drunk date. This character's great. <laughs> and then the two guys next to my left, they're just talking, straight up talking. And I looked over like the one guy and he looks back at me and he's like, "What?" Um, and then his <laughs> laugh throughout the movie is "Ha!" <laughs> Brad, you should like say something to them. So I was like, I'm not even gonna bother writing all these people up. I'm just gonna go. So, yeah. um, I, ju- I just left the movie and I went, um, do you go back to the box office and tell them? No. Uh, well, initially I didn't. I was just, I was like, I was just so mad. Like, I can't, bl- like, I've been waiting forever to watch this movie. I own it. I could just watch it at home, but like, I have the chance to watch the Alamo. Here I am. And like this happened, like I, I couldn't get into the movie. Like everyone else thought everything that was going on was funny, but I was so irritated by the obnoxiousness next to me. I, so I was frustrated by that. And then like, uh, I sat in my car and I talked to someone else for a little while and then I was like, oh, you know, I'm here. I might as well just go see Endgame again. Um, so I went back into the box office and you know, I was like, hey, one for Endgame, please. Um, and she's like, didn't I just see you like 45 minutes ago? I was like, yeah, that I left the, the one movie because people are being, you know, obnoxious. And she's like, oh, that sucks. Here, I'm just going to give you this one for free. Nice. So I saw Endgame for free. But uh, part of my going back was because I really wanted some ice cream. <laughs> so I went to Endgame and then they never served me. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, did you get there before the movie started? Yeah, like ten minutes. Mm, so weird. But yeah, it's like if I show up thirty minutes early, they don't serve me, and if I show up like a minute before the show starts, they don't serve see, what me. What you need to do is go see a horror film on a Wednesday night, and no one's there, and you're the only one there. Well, this Endgame screening had like five people in it, mm-hmm. and that's wow. the other part. So I didn't get served, and then the guys in the row, like that's like kind of cuts through because this was the biggest theater, mm-hmm. Theater One. So there's a there's a crossroad that people walk across, yeah. and there's these two guys, and they just talked through the whole movie. And so finally, I had enough, and I got up and I went up to their table, and I was like, "You get uh, I don't forget what exactly what I said because I was like, was like this little yeah. bit of a rage thing." But um, do you guys have ice cream? <laughs> um, yeah, I forget what exactly what I said to him, but his response was like, "Do you work here?" 
I said, yeah. Oh. I remember what I was like, I don't, but everyone else is here is fucking watching the movie right now. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Um, wow. And then, yeah. I, I, Did they stop talking? No, they kept talking. Oh, I would have put up a flag. Why are you so afraid to put up a thing? Because no one was serving me. Oh, that's right. I guess it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> yeah. I was, sitting, I was sitting there for two hours being like, I want to write them up, but there's no one coming by my table. <laughs> I, I would have walked out to the box office. I and did, and no one was out there. because they were. Cle- <laughs> it was like 11. It was 11. Oh, thirty showing sucks. or something. So yeah, mm-hmm. about midnight. That's no, bad. I even walked into like the service area, and no one was back there either. So holy cow! Yeah, it was like pretty dead. Not even your drunk date was there. <laughs> My drunk date. No, I just love this character bad. we created. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No. It was sorry, one of the worst Alamo experiences I've ever had. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, I think a couple of weeks before that, I had some trouble with the service. Did you at them in that post, or did you? Just no, because kind of... I don't like Steve might pick up on it, and I like. The one thing is at the very like as the credits were rolling, the server finally like peeked down my road, and he's like, "Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. And so he gave me t- two more free tickets. So well, there you go. It, yeah, I still you know came out on top, but oh, just having to sit through everything. <laughs> yeah. um, Sorry, bud. That sucks balls. Um, and then the last thing, the real thing I watched, I totally forgot. I hate that when I get so mad that I just like I just can't remember what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I watched The Brain. Which is <laughs> really the only way to watch is with the uh, MS3K yeah. commentary because yeah, I, I thought it would still be funny without it, and it's not. <laughs> yeah, I I, I got it. it. The people on Blu-ray.com and gave it four out of five stars. Mm. It's an interesting. I haven't seen it in twenty years. I I remember renting it at Blockbuster. I want. I don't remember last time I've seen it. I want to watch it without the the MST3K that we saw it on, like because. It, it does have a reputation of being like a fun little culty watch. So um, I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't remember anything about it. But MST3K did make it very hilarious. So um, yeah, and they also got all the nudity out of it. Oh man, yeah, that sucks. Not on the DVD. The no, MST3K I know. one, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's not that much. I, I could left it in. Oh man, <laughs> they cut out all five dicks. Um, yeah, and then the the drive-in, I I saw. Nice. Shazam and Captain Marvel again and Avengers and it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Although it was a long it was a long sit. It is a long sit. And it was still cold. But yeah. Good time. So go check Heck out yeah. that lineup while they still have it cuz I think they're going to uh the owner actually asked me what do you Pikachu. think they're going to do, huh? Guessing Detective Pikachu, right? Well, she asked me she's like, you know, she's deciding if she wants to do Detective Pikachu or uh, John Wick 3 and I was like Detective Peach, I think your audience is probably start for a kid's movie. So in John Wick 3, you'd probably only be able to show as a third one. So Yeah, why don't you do start with Detective Pikachu and then put whatever in the middle and then end with John Wick. No, John Wick right after Pikachu. Yeah, well, John Wick's <laughs> a completely different week. So Yeah, I think John Wick's the following. Yeah. But, you know, they kind of want to, when they buy something, they want to hold this for as long as they can. So right. Probably th- Pikachu's the way to Detective go. Detective Pikachu might have longer legs. Because you're probably going to keep Endgame for a little while. Yeah. So... John Wick would probably just be too much. Yep. That's all I've been watching. Nice. Zach, just um, a couple things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know my catchphrase. <laughs> I do. Um, I watched End of Game again. Nice. Um, so it's my third time now. Um, still love it. Um, Call me when you're up to six. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I'm s- sor- to- sorry, your majesty. <laughs> I still have to watch it with my mom. <laughs> awesome. I might- awesome your mom wants to see it. Yeah, in 3D. It's awesome. I'm going to take uh, her to the IMAX 3D. It'll be awesome. That's good. Um, but yeah, no, I still love it. Um, that's still my one of my favorite endings of a movie this year. So, um, you know, like I love, I want to rewatch now 
all the Cap movies and the Avengers movies and watch it all through Cap's arc. Because um, I kind of already have technically done that with Iron Man before. So, like, with the exception of Endgame. So I kind of like to try to do it that way instead of just watching everything in a row. Because um, I like to follow the different arcs. Sorry, that reminds me. I also watched Age of Ultron and Civil War. Uh-huh. What happened to the Scarlet Witch's accent? Uh, they explained it that she did it because she went into hiding. So she's faking her accent. But all the time now. Yeah. <laughs> she could still hear hints of it. Even when the world's ended. Yep. Yeah. She she had a bit of an accent when she was like, you took everything from me. Yeah. Uh, I don't it's kind of there. I've watched it six times. And it seems pretty American to me. But Age of Ultron, I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. So when she's talking like sort of Russian-ish. I was like, "Whoa!" I mean, I guess if you're thick. if you're hiding and you're trying to do it, eventually you might just start talking normal. Yeah, go hang out and bring. I mean, look at Mel ahead. Gibson. He was born in New York, raised in Australia, had an Australian accent, came back to America. Now he's has an American accent, I think. Yeah, but at what cost? <laughs> Crikey, I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brad. Um, uh, also watched some new things. Um. I um, I saw Conversations with a Killer, the Ted Bundy tapes, which is the new Joe Berlinger documentary on Netflix. Uh, that's depressing. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what it is, it's um, it's basically another Ted Bundy documentary. But the twist is that there's actual interviews that a journalist in the 80s did with Bundy that um, are played for you for the first time. Um, and he's creepy as all fuck. Um the basically the the whole gist of it is that the way they got him to start talking was that they got him to start talking in the third person, and then from there he just started like basically confessing to everything, because um, he's that fucking crazy. Um, but I did not know a lot about the Bundy story to be honest, so like watching it was pretty just new experience yeah. all around. I uh, had no idea that he was kept in Aspen. Had no idea yep. he killed people in Aspen. Yep. Nor did I know he escaped from Aspen. Yep. So. Um, Not Colorado law enforcement's finest moment. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, and, it, and like, I, I mean, just the the amount of time that he was away, and then picked, f- eventually found in was it Pensacola, Florida? I can't mm-hmm. fucking remember. But um, but yeah, no, the documentary is great. It's another example of Joe Berlinger doing a really good job with like a true crime doc. But like, what I appreciated about this one though is that he actually interviews a lot of the uh, the the victims' family members and also people who got away from Bundy and he focuses a lot of time on them, which I appreciate more than anything else because otherwise if he just doesn't, if if any other documentarian who does this, it's always like focused on the killer and experts about the killer and they rarely talk about the victims and their families. And that seems a little bit more important to me. So yeah, disgusting. Um, Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm going to probably watch his companion piece to it, which is the uh, Zac Efron movie um, sometime this week. Cause He's a good um, documentarian. Um, I also rewatched his film Whitey this week, which is about the Whitey Bulger case. Um, that's still a great doc. Um, th- yes, definitely ten times better than Black Mass. Um, I continued or re- restarted again my uh, Universal Monster box set collection. Um, so I watched The Ghost of Frankenstein. Nice. That's where I picked up last. Um, Ghost of Frankenstein picks up pretty much right after Son of Frankenstein or a little bit of time is settled. Uh, Frankenstein's monster was, is found in the sulfur. 
Um, only when he comes out of the Sulphur Pit, uh, he is now Lon Chaney Jr. and no longer Boris Karloff, which, you know, the Sulphur Pits must do great things to change a yes. person's appearance. I should go into one to see if I come out looking like Chad. Well, you smell like shit, but yeah, you but come I'll, out looking different. Yeah, but I'll look like Brad Pitt. It'll be perfect. Nice. Um, but so anyway, e- y- Igor uh, takes him out of the Sulphur Pit and takes him to meet Dr. Frankenstein's other son, who is not... Uh, uh, Basil Rathbone, um, who, uh, who, and they basically convince him, like, yeah, put the put the brain in the monster. That's a better brain and stuff. And it, it's actually a pretty decent sequel, like in the grand scheme of things. But this is where I start, like, because Karloff's not there. There's obviously something different. But I think Cheney's a pretty good version of the monster. Um, the last time I had watched this film was like years ago, and I barely remembered it when I watched it this time around. So kind of got some fresh eyes on it and it has one of my favorite openings in this rewatch is the villagers finally do what i've been wanting them to do in this entire rewatch which is they burn down that fucker's castle because like they've waited around for like how many movies now and they haven't burnt down the fucking thing they never learned <laughs> no exactly it's like stone, this right? this is the smartest mob in the series thus far <laughs> well, you burn the tapestries and the, the woods on the, in the inside and yeah i mean because in the first one burn. they just in the first one they just burn a uh, burn a windmill and then the second one, they're not really around, and actually Frankenstein's monster blows up the castle by saying we belong dead. And then the third one, there's uh, the villagers Sometimes aren't really dead. Is better. Yeah, <laughs> that that's Herman Munster. <laughs> um, but so yeah, it's it's a pretty good fun film. I think the the biggest reason to watch it is that at near the end, uh, Igor's brain gets put into the monster's brain, and so Lon Chaney's walking around talking like Bella Lugosi, and he's blind because the the surgery didn't work properly, so their blood crossed in a different way, and so now he's blind. Um, we'll see how that plays out in Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. Uh, and then I watched Invisible Agent, um, which um, I hadn't watched in a while, and I forgot how much I love this film. Uh, if you don't know this, it's pretty much the Invisible Man if he were recruited by the American government to punch some fucking Nazis. Yeah, and that's what it's this- definitely not a horror film. No, 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 no not at all. It's actually a comedy. It's, it's a flat-out yeah, comedy. Yeah, that's, that's pretty fun. You know what is funny? I, Quentin Tarantino should have done Invisible Agent uh, at some point, like remade that. That would have yeah. been cool. Basically, Inglorious Bastards, but with invisible people. Hell yeah. Um, but it's it, it's a fun movie. Uh, Peter Lorre's in it, though, and he does play a Japanese person, which is weird, but not unheard of at that time. Um, Ryan and I have talked this before. It's context and stuff. Um, but it's a fun flick. Um and uh yeah i mean if you if you watch any other invisible man movie other than the first one this might be your best bet um and then i rewatched uh blazing saddles and the 12 chairs which are two mel brooks movies that i love and adore blazing saddles has been talked to death so it's good watch it 12 chairs have you seen it ryan nope uh brad uh anybody else who hasn't seen it um it's the story of a man who Lives in uh, now Soviet Russia, um, who was part of the uh, part of the aristocratic set before the revolution. In Soviet Russia, <laughs> twelve chairs sit on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, his mo- <laughs> um, who finds out from his mother, dying mother-in-law, that she sewed her jewels into one of twelve chairs. Um, so he teams up with a street urchin played by a first time on the screen Frank Langella to find the chair with the with the jewels in it and they have to try to beat the clock against a priest who overheard 
the mother-in-law confessing it in her final confession. And the priest is played by Dom DeLuise in his first role as well, um, or his first big role. And uh, Dom DeLuise is great in this film. Aren't all roles for Dom DeLuise big roles? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Yes. That's That's actually pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Um, But yeah, no, but it's, it's unlike a lot of Mel Brooks films because it deals a lot with... Well, one, it's not parodying anything or satirizing anything. It's more, it's just more like insane wackiness, like like the producers or even life stinks, where it's just an absurd situation. Um, but I love the ending of this film so much because it like really plays into the fact that by the end of it, someone has to make a choice between uh, friendship and greed, and the way it plays out is like oddly very beautiful i think it's one of the most moving movies mel brooks has ever made that doesn't have to do with making fun of other movies um so yeah check out the 12 chairs if you haven't seen it that's all i've watched this week i remember what i said to him nice what about the no talking rule do you not fucking understand (laughs) that's nice what did were they shocked or would they they had a moment of shock but then he kind of turned to that like well fuck you too (laughs) attitudes which is why he asked me like oh do you work here so that's nice. Yeah. Like, what's he going to do? Like, yeah. yeah, you're right. I can't do anything, but fuck you anyway. <laughs> my name's Brad. I'm a theater cop. <laughs> Step in my office. Why? Because you're fucking fired. <laughs> um, I, I haven't watched actually too much. I've been playing a lot of Mortal Kombat, and I've been sick. K.O. And the Nuggets and the Avalanche are in the playoffs, so I um, haven't watched too much. I, I have to play Mortal Kombat because normally any other Mortal Kombat game, you kick my ass. <laughs> Um, because I suck at the controls, but this one I I played and I'm actually okay at it. So yeah, they changed it a lot. It's not quite as fast. Made it easier for button mashers. Uh, <laughs> nah. I I did so many brutalities just like out of coincidence. Is it just the uppercut one? Yeah, yeah, that one's easy to do. Mm. All you have to do is last. It has to be an uppercut mm. for most of them. Some of them, it's you have to win. Um, I was also jacks every time, so I'm assuming the arms that will also help. Uh, yeah. Um, Finish. I, I'm not good with jacks. I'm not good with characters that are slow and um, rely a lot on grappling. I'm more of a Cassie Cage brawler type of person um, because I like to get in your face. That's why I like Kung Lao. Um, The new character I like a lot is Cetrion. She has some pretty sweet moves. Mm, Yeah, Um, plant lady. I should have played Mortal Kombat when I was a kid. should. I'm an idiot. Um, So, yeah, I've been playing uh, playing the fuck out of that game. Um, the fuck out the of fuck it! Fuck out of it! Oh uh, God, Ryan, look at you so getting all nasty. This copy's <laughs> fuckless now. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally fucked. That's why you know, I've fucked. Ne- <laughs> <laughs> the way you sounded like that, you're sick. It sounded like you're like a. It's all fucked. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I've it's never a been a big uh, <laughs> uh, Sub Zero fan, um, just because he plays defensive, because um, he uses ice a lot and um, freezing. I've been more on the Scorpion side. I, I like characters that get after it. That's why I don't like Jax that much. He's too slow. Mm. And in this game, his jump's really weird. Um, it's really slow, and it's low. Um, I, I like to jump a lot. And the metal arms are wearing him down. Yeah. <laughs> I like to jump a lot and get in people's faces. Um, Johnny so. Cage has a lot of fun and stuff. Oh, yeah. Johnny Cage is awesome. Actually, he's, he's a really good fighter in that game, too. Um, Historically, though? Uh, no, actually. They built him up for this? Yeah, well, the last two games, he's been really good. Before that, he's been, you know, he's been a character you can usually whip his ass pretty easily. But this game, he's pretty his, his, he's pretty deep in this game. And I like that you can um, add uh, different moves to the different characters, and you can kind of t- 
custom to how you fight. Uh, that's why I, I really like Cassie. She has this drone with her. And when I first saw it, I said, oh, this is going to suck. Because I, I liked her in the last game where she would just get in your face and fight. But the drone has this one move that you can add where it puts a bubble around the person. It uh, chips damage. So when I do that, I do this, um, her amplified uh, shoulder rush where it knocks you down and she punches you like five times on the ground. And if you get them in that bubble, it's like 25% damage. It's pretty awesome. So yeah, yeah, get it, Brad. Come on over anytime you want. Yeah, it's coming on the Switch, so I might yeah. get the Switch version. Fuck yeah. Um, so I'm playing that. I, I've been watching The Office again. I always put it on. <laughs> and uh, I'm at the point where Michael's about to leave and... It's sad because the show isn't quite as good, but Kevin gets really funny in it because um, they give him more. Um, you know, when Holly comes back and uh, Woody, Michael throws Woody uh, from Toy Story into the trash and he gets shit all over him. Pours coffee on him. Yeah. And uh, Holly comes out and said, who did this? And Kevin says, <laughs> wait a minute. Toy Story's about toys that come to life when people aren't around. I mean... You don't think, I mean, it's not possible <laughs> that he did it to himself. <laughs> and so they do that. <laughs> and um, there's this little thing happening and um, Michael gets mad because he said, you know, you're still with AJ and, you know, blah, blah. And then Kevin goes, and you ate all the candy before you get, didn't even think about us. And he's so mad. <laughs> Yeah, when Holly's like showing that she uh, still has the ring or whatever, <laughs> yeah. or she has the mittens, she's like, uh, she's basically giving the middle fingers yeah, like, right, it, back it, you, yeah, right back at you, bitch. Right back at you, When Michael's depressed, he's like, make him do the monkey face. <laughs> he's like in the window going, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, go back to the monkey face. <laughs> so Kevin Throw your poop really, at him. Really, really funny. Yeah, I love when he drops the the uh, pot of chili on the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> What's, uh, when he's, <laughs> Oscar says he likes tea he's like oh I bet you do <laughs> so hey Oscar <laughs> how was your gaycation <laughs> that's a good one Oscar yeah I thought that like five minutes before you left <laughs> actually my favorite Kevin line ever is um, at Jim and Pam's wedding and uh, it's like the tag scene. And he, he said, what a great weekend. I got six numbers. One more and I'll have a whole phone number. <laughs> My dogs are barking. Because <laughs> he, he wore Kleenex boxes. Because they shoes. burned his shoes. Because he burned his shoes because it smelled so bad. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, Kevin. Mr. Malone. Your shoes are gone. Like, gone, gone. <laughs> we, we incinerated them. <laughs> Yeah, good stuff. Um, I also watched a couple more episodes of Family Guy. Uh, uh, I Am Peter, Hear Me Roar is maybe one of my most favorite episodes. I totally forgot some of the jokes in it. Oh, that's the one where he uh, joins the feminist support group? Yeah, well, yeah. he has to because uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he, says, he says a joke at uh, work about uh, women. He says, why do women have boobs? So you got something to look at while they're talking to you. <laughs> so the, and then his female... <laughs> So they got. Oh, he keeps saying the line. She said, "Are you telling jokes? I I love love jokes. jokes. (laughs) I love this one. Hey, hey, why do women have boobs?" But (laughs) and he repeats. But even before that, he gets a a letter in the mail, and it's um, he can get a free boat by going to a a timeshare seminar. 
And everybody goes there to Spooner Street. And then at the end of the time, similar, he says, no, 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 no. I know your thing. I want my boat. He says, you can have the boat or this mystery box. <laughs> and so Peter takes a mystery box and gets tickets to a comedy club. Yeah. And then it cuts to him and Lois. And she's like, take the box. And he says, you act like that's anything out of time. I've done something stupid. Remember when I took that box instead of the boat? Cuts <laughs> back and plays the same scene. <laughs> A boat's a boat, but the box would be anything. It could even be a boat. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Shouldn't we just well take the box? <laughs> and then as we're driving home, everybody's driving their boat on the street. <laughs> Except Quagmire is doing donuts in his lawn. He's <laughs> just going, hey, all right. That's <laughs> so dumb. <clears throat> but so awesome. Uh, because there's also um, the he, – he has to go – the women in workplace work video is um, really sexist and funny. And then Peter has to go to like advanced training and he goes to retreat. And on the side of the bus, it says women on women retreat. <laughs> but my favorite line, I, I put this in the article because it's maybe proves that family guys, writers are geniuses. Um, so Peter comes back from this and he's really effeminate and he's now he's a woman because he had his lip. <laughs> stretched over across his head. Now he so knows what's like, like childbirth. child childbirth. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, oh god, oh god, I'm late. And Lois says, "Well, if you spent less time fixing here, no, I mean I'm late, late. Do we still have that pregnancy test? <laughs> Are you insane? You can't have a baby. Well, I don't have a lot of options. I'm Catholic. God, I thought you'd be happy for me. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking genius. That is genius writing right there. It's not a line, but my favorite moment in that episode is like because like earlier on in the episode they talk about uh, how hard it is to deliver a baby, like the pain you feel delivering a baby, and then it's like uh, it, it's like having your lip uh, your lower." lip pulled up over your face yep. and then he gets into an I can't remember the full incident but he goes into he runs into a tree and just falls down oh, the no. tree several times no it's trust falls and so, oh, the trust falls. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. climbs to the top of the tree to do the trust because he's gonna do like a backflip <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah and then it's followed up with um, if I'm dying I'm lying which isn't a very good episode it's Chris pretends that he has this or Peter says that Chris has this disease because they want to save Gumble to Gumble um, I actually found that funny. <laughs> I, I never really laughed. At it. I just was Brian Gumble, Greg Gumble, like that part's not bad, and brothers. But, you know the rest of it is stupid. Um, well, they take it too far with the Make a Wish Foundation. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't. I obviously don't care if they make fun of stuff like that. Yeah, because I get the show. But if it just the episode didn't work. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's what. Uh, and the last thing I watched is I finally got back to Kerry Grant movies and. I watched Indiscreet. Oh, yes, which you is, did. Um, From 58. Bergman, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the director of Singing in the Rain and Charade. Yeah, um, Stanley Donan. And it's a pretty fun little movie. In it, Cary Grant plays a guy who um, is uh, works for the NATO, works for NATO, and he's an ambassador, and he meets uh, Ingrid Bergman's character, and she's an actress and single, and they kind of hit it off, but... You find out, I'm sorry, darling, I'm married. and uh, But he's really not married because he just doesn't want to settle down. But um, then she tries to make him jealous when she finds out that he's not married because he's been lying to her. Mm. And then it just creates this um, like silly kind of sitcom-y stuff it's going on. It's a comedy on. of errors. Yeah. yeah. And it's a fun movie. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Not, it's not the best of their pairings. Oh, no, no. By any well, stretch. <laughs> I mean... Notorious is obviously their best movie, but um, um, you know though this is one of the first films to use split screen. 
Oh yeah, no, the split, yeah. The, like the film is shot really well mm-hmm. for a film that really takes place in one room because mm-hmm. it's a, based on a one. Is it a one act play? It's based on a play. Uh, I can't remember how many, but it's um, a play. Yeah, so it takes place basically in her apartment, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's some really great scenes, and, and they're really good. They still have great chemistry, mm-hmm. um, and it, you know, it's really racy. I was reading about it that you know, in one of the split screens, they're in bed together, mm-hmm. and it's done on purpose, so they're basically lying next to each other. And I mean, he. Totally, like bones are and stuff, and <laughs> they they mention it because he stayed the night one night. It's I mean it's a fun movie. It's true. And I it's remember shot really well. It's true. I remember that one Grant interview years later where he's like, "Yeah, I boned her." Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm pretty sure the cinematographer is the cinematographer from Lawrence of Lawrence of Arabia. It's shot really well. Mean, um, I, I I'm I pretty sure that real quick actually. It, I know it's an Academy Award winning. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's it's a good one. And um, yeah, that's what I watched this week. Indiscreet, my 40th Cary Grant film. 40 fucking flex, man. And I still have 37 more. If I can see them all. I think some I'm not going to be able to see because I've been digging. Yeah, but, I mean, you've gotten more than I thought you'd ever get. So, so. there's there's also – there's a um, – Is the – It's Freddie Young, yeah. Cinematographer for both those movies, yep. Yes. And and Dr. Zhivago so, and Ryan's daughter. Ryan, you have a daughter? Yes. <laughs> and you only live twice. James no, he's Bond. actually he's a great cinematographer. So I mean, if you take a film that doesn't have a lot of sets and uh, and make it interesting, uh, there's a really great shot of them kissing on um, behind a, uh, like a wall that looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks like a spy thriller. There's um, sil- a little bit of a silhouette there going. Yeah, it's, nice. it's awesome. Love that. Um, yeah, there. So there's a uh, a Criterion release of a Swedish actress that. It was Cary Grant's first big breakthrough called Blonde Venus, mm-hmm. and it's on Blu-ray, but it's in a box set. So I'm hoping they're going to split them up like they did with Guillermo del Toro's one eventually. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're going to. Um, I, I can look into it. <laughs> um, <laughs> see what they... I'm, I'm interested because, I mean, I want to see it, and I guess if I can get all of them at half off when they do the sale, actually I'll get it for 60% off. Yeah, it might be worth it because I heard the set's really great, and I don't know. It, I have to. I forget who. It's like Von Dietrich or something. I don't remember. Oh, um, um, Merlena Dietrich. Yeah, Merlena Dietrich. There we go. Yeah, um, that that's uh, that's the Dietrich von Sternberg box set. But I heard the box set's pretty good. I want it because they cleaned up her stuff really good. And, and I heard Blonde Venus is great. Yeah, and those films didn't get treated well. Up until Criterion getting their hands on them, so. it's uh, not to not to diss Warner Brothers or anything, but I guess it's the first movie where people go, "Oh, this guy's pretty good." Yeah, um, no. so I'll be interested. Anyways, that's why I watched. Sweet. This week on Real Nerds, we saw Missing Link. Brad, should people see Missing Link? Yeah, it's it's a good movie. Zach, should people see Missing Link? Yeah, this is one of my favorite movies of the year. Let's go. Um, let's go. I'll see it, guys. Let's let's have some fun with this joyous, wondrous animated movie that's amazing. Uh, yeah, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took Kellen to it, and Kellen loved this movie too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's cool to see that it plays. I can't wait so for, broadly. I can't wait for my nephew to get older so I can watch it with him. Yeah, it's it's a, it's awesome. And uh, before we play the trailer, Hugh Grant. I mean Hugh Grant. Hugh Jackman mm-hmm. is an amazing voice actor oh yeah i mean i knew he was gonna be good but he's amazing in this film yep everybody's good across the board in this we'll get into it yep but here's a trailer for missing link i offer you a glimpse of a legendary creature lost in time neither ape nor man but a giant he's had many names 
Actually, I go by Susan. Su Susan. Yeah, Susan. That is a girl's name. Yes, that's correct. It suits you. <laughs> I need someone who knows the wild places of the world. And you're the world's greatest adventurer. What exactly do you ask of me? I'm lonely. I'm the last of my kind. But on the other side of the world, they talk of this creature, the Yeti. I think these Yetis are my cousins. Can you take me there? I give you my word. Okay, what is it? What? Your word. No, it's a figure of speech. Sounds good. What is it? Well, I'm on my way. We have a long way to go. We'll need a map. We don't get a break in, are we? Climb the wall and pull me up. I'm taking my time, but I don't know oh, where. No! Bravo. Thank you. Now, to find the place you belong, you'll need to keep a low profile. <gasps> um... A monster! Oh, boy. That is gonna let in an awful draft. So let me see if I understand. You plan to travel around the world to the home of the Yeti. I know the secret ways through the mountains. You see Gamu. Whatever you do, do not mention the chicken. No chicken, got it, zip. <laughs> Greetings, venerable Gamu. It is an honor. What's with the chicken? It will not be easy, but we will find your place. Throw the knife, Bowie! <laughs> I gotcha! Oh. Oh. Shangri-La? We call it... <laughs> What does it mean? Keep out, we hate you. From me out of the pit. I think you might be a little too heavy. Nonsense. Now, give it all you've got. Oh, it's hard to know whose fault that was. Let's do it again. Are you always amazed that this is stop motion animation? Because it is freaking beautiful in this film Leica's Leica's got it going on man I mean it's not 100% because some of their backgrounds are green screened yeah CGI I mean I get that stuff. but I like them I mean the models alone but the main animation from the models is stop yeah. motion yeah yeah alright because I mean the, the opening scene is stunning where they're on Loch Ness Loch Ness and... <laughs> oh yeah with the water effect I like how he's basically yeah. using them as bait <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah no it tells the story of Hugh Jackman um Going off to find the the missing link, and then he decides to help the missing link find the home of the Yetis. Well, well, because I mean, he wants something. There. He yeah. he wants to be part of this gentleman's club in England. And of hunters or explorers. Yeah, and, yeah. He's, and he doesn't want to kill the animals. He wants to prove that they exist. Yeah. And those guys are like, well, you're not a gentleman, because the only way you're going to prove it is by killing them, and you don't belong in here. And so his life is studying these because they're a bunch of chauvinistic colonialists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, either Loch Ness monster or Bigfoot, and he's um, and he cares a lot about his name. Mm -hmm. And I think there's his legacy, his legacy, and there's a really great arc in this where he's actually he's not a very nice guy mm -hmm. um, until he realizes that what he's doing is wrong um, by because he goes to America to find Bigfoot. The, you know the missing link between Who, who's been writing letters to him. We <laughs> found out about him. Um, played awesomely by Zach Galifianakis. Um, it's it's such a wonderful like. I think this is my favorite Galifianakis role in a movie. Yeah, because I love that he takes everything literally and he has to learn sarcasm. Yeah, it, it's pretty great. It's just such a simplistic, nice, and I know it's a voice performance. So like, I guess that's 
different from an actual performance from him. But oh, like, no, I think you still have to be a great vocal performer. No, absolutely. But like, you know, I could name a bunch of other Galifianakis movies I like where he's just in person. But this one in particular, like, he's just so like. There's an innocence to his performance that I haven't seen from him in a long time, like probably maybe since The Hangover, and that's not even that innocent. Like this is even because it's a children's movie, it's absolutely innocent. And like I, I like I, I haven't felt for a character on screen other than Avengers. Um I haven't felt for a character on screen this year as hard as I did for the the plight of Link and um Susan. Susan, Susan yes, yeah, sorry. Susan and um, Yeah, and Susan just wants to f- like is tired of being alone and wants to find his cousins. Yeah, yeah because he's I mean he's all alone. Mm-hmm. And he's been trying to find a way to get out and it's uh it's really it's a really charming film. And along the way they um have to find out information from uh Hughes Jackman's um former lover um played by Zoe Saldana who married another explorer that was his rival <laughs> or his like partner. I think no, it was his, his old partner. Yeah, it was his old, old partner. partner, yeah, yeah. Um and she's getting it too. Um oh, yeah. I like how she kind of like she's she's basically just deciding to join them. Like she's not even like it's it's not even like a I, I like that it doesn't but, have this whole damsel like and coming no on romantic the Yeah, no, it's it, just she's gonna Go on the adventure well, because yeah, she, she's recently widowed and she's yeah. bored, so she yeah. needs stuff to do too. They're all I'm looking going for on an adventure. <laughs> they're all looking for their own answers on this journey, which I which I find like more than lovable. Um, and and yeah, just yeah. Hasn't, hasn't the feel of it is like really interesting. It's like it's not folksy, but it's like yeah, but no, you know, and when they eventually get to. Uh, you know, Nepal and go meet the Yeti. What's with the chicken? <laughs> where, where you learn that they don't even want him there because he's not. They're elitists. Yeah, they're elitists. Yeah. And he's, you know, the bumpkin cousin, basically. Yeah. And uh, it, 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 it is actually kind of a shocking turn for me. as this, And I was wondering why I said, wow, they show this in the trailer and he just, I guess they're, he's just going to make it there. It, what I liked about it is like, so it's not done like the, when that, when that turn happens and then they throw him into the pit. Like, it's not done in a, like, grand dramatic fashion. It's kind of done just matter-of-factly. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, like, adds to the impact of, like, the frustration yeah. you feel as an audience member when you're, like, because you, you feel for them. But like, And then the symbolism, I mean, at the end, the bridge breaks, and so they're the ones who are now cut off from yeah. everybody else because of how they felt and being elitist. Yeah. And then he turned around and said, your utopia sucks! <laughs> that was one of my favorite hey, lines. Kellen couldn't start laughing because he made fart noises. Yeah. <laughs> uh, butts on toilets. Butts on toilets. Butts coming, on toilets, yeah. Coming this fall from Netflix. <laughs> I heard it's going to win all the Emmys this year. Probably. Yeah. I mean, he, he has a song. It's called Butts and Wieners and Farts and Butts. I heard uh, Lady Gaga helped out with it after they both collaborated on Shallow. It'd be ba 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 Butts in toilets. <laughs> That's my Lady Gaga. <laughs> my butt's in the toilet. I'm going in. <laughs> That's why I mentioned the, shallow, because I was like, please do this. The You're not, I'm not the lyricist. The <laughs> We're far from the toilet now. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. And, in the toilet, toilet. <laughs> But um, but yeah, no, and and the animation's beautiful, and oh, I yeah. love how like a sometimes uh, I haven't watched every like a movie, so bear with me. I've seen Paranorman and um, Kubo, but they showed like some behind the scenes stuff of how they animate a scene in this one, and it 
It, it's just like the I love stop motion because that and like the I time it movies takes. never catch on. I think I. Th- I don't think their marketing budget is as yeah. big as Disney's. So their marketing, yeah. their marketing's off. And I get that. I mean, their movies. I mean, we cost... see it at theaters easily, but like part of what Disney is also able to do is like a lot of print that yeah. gets still gets around. So. And also, Leica's not like known for family entertainment the way Disney is. Like it's very different. No, I just think it's interesting because I, I don't. I don't even know any of their movies that are not well received. But they seem to have a hard time think finding the, an audience. I think the box trolls might be the weakest received, and that's still like a sixty or seventy percent. Um, if we're talking like RT, yeah. but like I'm just using that as a general barometer. But, um, but no, and I, I mean, like I just like also like that. Like it's a very honest film. Like it 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 moves like a tall tale should. Um, it has the right amount of whimsy to take me into take me into it so yeah, i thought the most impressive animation though was when they were on the uh cruise ship and going to england mm-hmm. and the camera was moving around uh up and down and from side to side and oh, yeah. um, spinning through the hallways while they're you know shooting guns and pushing people out of the way i, I thought that's really impressive yeah which has i'd love to see how they made that yeah i'm sure that blu-ray will be packed with stuff if they, i hope yeah because they usually tend to pack their stuff pretty decently with some bts footage so um, but yeah, no, and, um, I will say this, uh, I'm not normally, I, I, especially in the last couple of years, I haven't been like finding songs attached to movies or written for movies or like the single to the hit motion picture that, uh, catches my fancy. But this song at the end of the credits, I yeah, fucking all love the credits were amazing that, too, that doodly dee, like that song. I, I fucking love that. And I've been listening to that for the past three weeks. Yeah, you know, It's interesting. You say that. I don't remember an actual song with lyrics that besides i mean i don't even count stars born counts but you know where top gun had danger zone or yeah something like that what's the last time i've i've heard a song going yeah this is made for this film and it's awesome yeah no they, they rarely happen anymore soundtrack now, tie-ins aren't really a yeah, thing cause, anymore because now it's you know guardians of the galaxy puts in awesome songs from the 70s it's either a jukebox or a really interesting yeah. score by like you know i, I don't know like i can't and really think live to it. rise in marvel's the avengers Soundgarden, <laughs> yeah i like that song what's that what was a nickelback song on spider-man is it spider-man 2 or spider-man spider-man the first spider-man yeah but that oh, was bad something about flying yeah i'm so high yeah i live forever <laughs> spider-man is in it Building it. See, you guys make fun of that though, but you haven't listened to the full Daredevil the album, no. <laughs> the, all the new metal in the world that you no. can just like push into your ears. And did uh, Kevin Smith forget he's in that movie? <laughs> probably he smokes so much weed now because he uh, he's like so impressed that he's in the MCU. But like, dude, you were in the Daredevil movie. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> I that's, still think Daredevil's better than people I, give it credit. No, for. but it's not MCU. That's what director's I think cut for sure. Oh yeah, director's cut's awesome. Yeah. Because it's got Coolio in it, that's why it's great. <laughs> Amongst See, I don't remember. Yeah, he well, he's got a subplot in it. No, it's mainly because that movie's more violent, which is nice. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't remember other like songs attached to movies that are like yeah. big deal anymore. Yeah, no. shallow, I guess. Yeah, but that, I mean, it's but that movie has to have that song. It's a, yeah, kind of a musical. Yeah. 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 Will Smith needs to you know come back and do nope. one of those things. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Men in Black. Yeah. Oh, Men I guess Men in Black might be the really last. Mm, wild Wild West. But no, but no. I know the movie's not big, but that song was fucking big. Yeah, but I'm talking about. I'm sure there's one for like some animated movies, like Secret Ac- Life of Pets or something. Or Accidentally in Love for Shrek Two was the last mm-hmm. one I remember. 
But count, that's also a cover, though. They're counting crows. Okay, so original, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what um, I mean. Like, I'm talking about a song that's made specifically oh, for the film. Skyfall. Oh yeah, yeah. Skyfall's great. That's James Bond. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, the theme song is amazing. Let the sky. Yeah, was there one for Spectre? I don't remember. There is. Yeah, it's the Sam Smith one. Yeah. Oh, uh, that yeah, also that also yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, the the credits are awesome, but yeah, the song's not good. But also, still not as good as Skyfall's credits. Welcome back to Never As Good As Skyfall. <laughs> We're going to talk about all the things Skyfall's that aren't so as good awesome. as Skyfall. Ninja Rap, Ninja Turtles 2. Yep. Mm-hmm. Classic. Yeah. Um, Dream Warriors, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Yep. Man Behind the Mask, yep. Friday the 13th Part 6. Friday the 13th Disco version. Yeah, <laughs> that's true too. So uh, Missing Link. Yeah. Yeah, Missing Link. Wonderful film from Leica Studios. Um, yeah, good I, time. Yeah. Kind of a shame that you know it's compete with Endgame right now. Yeah, well, I think it's compete with Curse of La Llorona either. So La Llorona. So, yep. But you know what? It'll come out on Blu-ray, and people will discover it on streaming, and then everybody will be like, "Why didn't we watch this like a film before?" I've always said this. Every time we do a like a film, I think they'll still make movies because everybody likes them. It seems like it's one of those. Things where they might have to be absorbed by somebody, though. I think they're going to move away from Annapurna, though, because Annapurna clearly doesn't know how to market things right now. Um, which I, I yeah, thought it was could. weird that I was thought it was weird that they didn't work with Focus on this one. But I mean, I guess you, I mean whoever's going to give you money. I think well, Focus is part of Universal now, right? Yeah, yeah, has it always been. Well, yeah, and I guess Focus has been. It's Focus isn't the same as it used to be. Uh, Focus used to be a lot more of an independent arm. And it's moving more in with Universal now, and Searchlight's going to be definitely doing that with a Disney deal. Yeah. yeah, the 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 Searchlight we've known for the past many years is going away. <laughs> no, Iger's already gone. Like, nope, yeah. nope, nope. Because the... also, give me more money. Right. Yes, 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 more money for me. Well, I mean, that's that's what he does. He's not going to. Well, I mean, I guess he did Greenlight, not Crocker and the Four Realms, but. I thought you said he grinned like Captain Crunch. I was like, That'd be awesome no. if they made a Captain Crunch movie. <laughs> I'd watch it. My cereal does not cut the roof of your mouth. <laughs> With all respect. Because <laughs> that son of a bitch has been spreading lies. <laughs> right, so, yeah. Um, see Missing Link. Yeah. It's fun. Next week is Detective Pikachu. Oh, right? shit. Hey, you. Deadpool Jr. Detective Pikachu. Yeah. 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 Good reviews. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I wonder if it'll recapture my old love of Pokemon the way the app tried to do. I don't know. I was never a big Pokemon fan, so I did. I, I, I do. I did play and beat Detective Pikachu, and that game's pretty fun. Yeah, but Detective Pikachu in that game didn't talk like Ryan Reynolds. No, he's, he sounded like Danny DeVito. <laughs> we could have had something, guys. We could have had. Well, something. there's. A, I was reading an interview with the director, and I guess they did put Danny DeVito dialogue with Pikachu, and that might be. Uh, special feature on the Blu-ray oh. is where they put different people's voices with Pikachu. Uh. Uh, but after I've read reviews, I guess Ryan Reynolds pretty much crushes it as Pikachu. Yeah, I mean, so. there's been so many like animated features with Dane DeVito's voice. It's just yeah. like, you know, not that I want him to not get work, but I'm just like, he's, do something different. I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. He's been in the industry for 50 years. Well, he was just in Dumbo, so, you know, you never know. He might fall again. Yeah. I was actually rewatching the Sunny in Philadelphia episode with Guillermo del Toro, um, where they where they make his character take the stand. <laughs> and he just compels his like, "Fly, my pretty." <laughs> I do love me some Danny DeVito. Yeah, my favorite lines ever in Always Sunny. 
Jesus Christ, honey, he's retarded. <laughs> or they tell Sweet D that the guy they're dating is retarded, but he's not. He's just a rap. <laughs> she goes to his house and he's eating cereal out of a big bowl with a wooden spoon. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, anyway. Always sunny. But yeah. Horrible people, funny show. Next week, Detective Pikachu. But if you're listening to this before this happens, come down and see us at the Bug Theater on May 6th. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. As always, thanks for listening. All right. Bye-bye. Oh, Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Done. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.